Hey, this is Taylor Strickland. I'm one of the pastors here at Second Baptist Church West Campus, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message teaches you, inspires you, and strengthens your faith. To learn more about our Second Students ministry, check us out on Facebook or Instagram. Just search Second Students West. Enjoy the message. Tonight, the title of this message is called Let's Be Real. Let's Be Real. And if you're going to take notes tonight, you can write that down. You can turn to Romans chapter 12. We'll be there tonight, Romans chapter 12. If you have a phone, you can open up your Bible app. If you have that, if you don't have the Bible app, you can go to your uh, Apple store or to Google Play. If you've got an Android or some type of phone like that, you can download the Bible app and you can follow along. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 is where we're going to be, and the verses will be on the screen. But I want to talk about... Being real versus being fake. Being real versus being fake. And sometimes it's really easy to tell the difference between something that's real and something that's fake. Sometimes it's very difficult. It's harder. Sometimes you have to pay very close attention, and sometimes it even takes an expert to do so. But as we're talking about this, for example, I have uh, one of my favorite things. I actually don't have a pair of these Um, But I love these type of shoes. What are they called? Anybody? Yeezys, right? Anybody a Yeezy fan in the room? Anybody, right? Not anymore. Okay, well, that's sad for you. Um, These are Yeezys, and uh, anybody a Kanye West fan? Kanye? Okay, why why did I say Kanye? Because Kanye made these shoes and is making a lot of money off of them. And so um, one of these Yeezys is real and one is fake. One is a real pair. No, you can't. Someone said I can tell. It's really difficult to tell. One is real. One is fake. And I borrowed them from two of my friends. So one of them is broke and one of them has money, right? I'm not going to say who it is, but that's just the truth, okay? So um, here's the deal. Uh, I'm going to tell you which one is real, which one is fake, and then we're going to talk about that. The fake pair is the zebra pair, okay? This is the fake pair. It's called zebra because it's black and white like a zebra, okay? Common sense. This, uh, this is a fake pair of Yeezys. This is a real pair. And honestly, there's not a whole lot of difference when, when you look at them. I mean, I was looking at them earlier with my wife Erica, and, and they, they all say boost on the bottom. They look like they're knitted the same way. But when you put them on, you can tell a massive difference. You can tell that these are fake, okay? Sorry, Brett Heistead. And these Oops. And these are, these are, he has a real pair too. These are real. These are real. And Kanye West is still making money even though there's fake Yeezys out there and you buy them at sketchy websites online or in some random city uh, like New York City or somewhere else. He's still making money because the real ones are worth it. The real ones, when you put them on and you wear them, you can tell a difference. And, and I want to talk tonight much more about much more than Yeezys. I want to talk about you and me. I want to talk about the people in this room. I want to talk about the people that you know. But here's what I want you to do for the next few minutes. I want you to not think about in this message my friends who are fake, my parents who are fake, my other people in my life that have influence or authority in my life are fake. I want us to look at ourselves. I want you to look at your heart as I've been looking at my heart preparing for this. 
real versus fake. And I think we can all agree that it's really easy to be fake. Someone told me at a school lunch today, Seth, you're fake. And I think it's just probably true. But realistically, it's really easy to be fake. It's really easy to be somebody that you're not. And maybe you're ashamed of who you are. Maybe because of what people say or do to you, you think you have to be somebody that you're not. I've been there. In fact, I battle with that still today. It's something that we all battle with and can give it to so easily. It's very common. But remember, we're looking at ourselves. So here's some examples of how we can do this. Number one, social media. We live in a social media world. We just got up here and did a five-minute deal almost on Second Students West, our Instagram page, and taking selfies. Social media is massively a part of our world. I love social media. It can be taken out of hand and out of context quickly, but I love it. It's a great thing. But the problem with social media is that you can be fake. You can take hours on a picture and use apps like Lightroom and Visco and different things like that and edit the picture and then post it and write a long, awesome story that may not be really true. And maybe you know people who do that. Maybe you do that. Social media is real easy to be fake behind. Another one, and this is a lot of the guys in the room, some of the girls as well, and I battled with this, or I saw this truly, I did this when I was in high school, is when it comes to sports, right? It's really easy, guys, to, uh, especially guys who play football, because I played football, it's easy to go, man, I do this, I do that, I have this amount of receptions, or this many yards, or this many touchdowns, but then maybe you know someone who when they actually play, they don't produce it. Or, and then when they come off the field, they're like, oh, you know, my coach, man, you know, he, he doesn't like me. Uh, you know, I didn't get in the game because I did something bad, you know, and you're thinking in your mind, I thought you had all these stats. When I was in high school, I used to tell, actually after, uh, when I was in college, I played football. I wasn't very good. I played like one quarter, uh, but I got in the game. And so when I was in college, I used to tell people I led the conference or the district that I was in in North Carolina in yards per catch as a wide receiver. What does that mean? That means that I had the most yards every time I caught the ball in the conference. Well, here's the deal. It was really easy for me to say that because I caught the ball one time all year, and it was for 85 yards. So I could say that. But when you really looked at it, was I really leading in that? Another thing that we do is cover-ups. And no, I'm not going to talk about makeup, girls, okay, because I've married, been married for almost six years, and I realized that makeup is really important, okay? So I'm not going to go there, all right? Don't get stressed. Makeup's great. I don't wear it. But just to make sure you knew that. But cover-ups, there are things that we like or tend to cover up, and we do it because we don't want people to see the real us. Cover-ups like, I'm going to cover up my real passion, what I'm really gifted at, what I'm really talented at. Because of what people have said or done to me. I'm going to cover up what I think my calling is in life. What I believe God is telling me to do. Maybe there's some of you in here who are called into full-time ministry like myself. And you've been covering that up because someone doesn't want you to do that. You felt that call. And maybe it's not ministry. It could be anything. And it's against maybe what your parents have said or what people tell you or what you've always thought about yourself. And so you're covering that up. And not being real about what you're calling or what you feel like you've been created to do. Maybe you cover up 
fears. Maybe you're fearful of a lot of things and you cover them up because you don't want people to see the real you. Maybe it's feelings. Maybe you have a lot of feelings in the room, emotions in the room, things that go through your head that no one knows that you think about and are very real and you cover them up because you don't want people to know the real you. Do you see the trend? Maybe it's other things. Maybe it's a battle, something that you're fighting in your life that you're going through, but we're not real about it. And sometimes we feel like we have to cover up the person that we were made to be, who God made us to be. And it's really hard to be real. Let me tell you real quick, and we'll jump into Romans in a second, what the Bible says about every single one of the people in this room, old, young, staff member, student, leader, whoever you are. The Bible in Psalm 1, I forgot, 39:14 says, God has made us fearfully and wonderfully. The psalmist declares that. He says, I've been made fearfully and wonderfully. We have all been created, no matter what you're told in school, by God, fearfully and wonderfully. What does that mean? Fearfully means awesome. So that word that we use when something is kind of cool or kind of good, not really amazing and great, but it's just decent. We say awesome, we throw that around. That's where that word comes from. Fearfully means you are awesome. You are amazing. God made you that way. And wonderfully, it means unique. It means different. It means purposefully. Every single one of us are so different in this room. That is who God made you to be. And there are some of us in this room, I think probably all of us from time to time, who won't let ourselves be the real us, be the real you, be the real me. So what if we did this? What if in 2020, for the next year, the next 350 days, we said, I'm going to be the real me. That every single one of us in KDISD in this room or whatever district that you attend said, I'm going to be the real me in my school, in my family, everywhere in my life. What would that look like? Paul is going to tell us in Romans 1 and 2 what being real looks like. And how we can be real. I love this passage. It's one of my favorite in the entire Bible. Because he is so real. And here's what he says in verse 1. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. There's a lot right here, so pause. Don't go to verse 2. Stay here. He says, I urge you. And what that means is, hey, this is really important. So listen up, because it's really important, and I want you to hear this. I urge you, in view of God's mercy, what does that mean? In view of what Jesus did for us on the cross, his death and his resurrection, in view of that, what he did for you, if you're a Christian in the room, and you've accepted that into your life, you believe in Jesus and what he did for you, and you've received that gift and given him your life. With that in view, with that in mind, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, which when you do that is holy and pleasing to God and is our proper form of worship. By the way, when you're up here and you're standing not on the steps but on the floor and you're raising your hands, that's so awesome. And it's a form of worship, but it's not just worship. 
Like that little thing was not all that worship is. It's such a great part of it, and I love it. But what Paul's telling us is that worship is all the time. Worship is when you live as a sacrifice. So what does that mean? Remember, you've got what Jesus did for you in mind. You're thinking about that, and you're going to live as a sacrifice. Well, that's weird. What does that mean? That means that you do everything with Jesus in mind. You say everything, you do everything, you seek to live your life to glorify him, to point to him. That's real worship. That's 24-7 worship. So worship really is anything that's glorifying him. It should be how we live our lives. So he says that's being real. That's what being real looks like. It's living as a sacrifice. It's living pointing to Christ. So you can ask yourself, am I being real? Am I living that way? I'm not saying that you have to be perfect. And if you walked in this room and you have the perception in your mind that you have to be perfect as a Christian, please stop thinking that. That is not true. Feel freedom in that. But we live as a sacrifice. We live with everything we are pointing to him. Then he goes on. Here's how you do it. And this is where I want to dig in for the next few minutes. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, in verse 2, by the renewing of your mind. I'm going to read it again. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So he says, here's how you can be real. Here's our focus. And he starts it by saying, do not conform. The word conform means to become like something or someone. To conform is to become like something or someone around you, to take on the appearance of. So when you're conforming, you're being fake. I'm being fake. We're becoming like something that we're not. We're taking on the appearance of something that we think we should be or things we think we should do or things we think we should say because maybe the culture has said it, our friends have said it, we've seen it on Instagram, we've seen it on TikTok, we've seen it wherever, and so we think, I need to be that. Or maybe you've always been told that, and so you try to be that. And maybe it's not you. Don't conform. Conform to what? The pattern of this world. I love this part because this gives us a real glimpse as to how powerless the enemy is, as to how powerless the world is, as to how powerless as Christians sin is in our life because it's a pattern. Listen, he says the pattern of the world. Don't conform to the pattern of the, wor the world. To conform is to become like something or someone. The world is everything that's out there that is offered to you and to me. Everything that we see. Everything that we can choose. The good, the bad, the ugly to partake in. And he says, don't become like the world. And by the way, it's a pattern. Meaning, you and I know what's happening. We know what sin is. We know what the result is. Not only because we see it in the word, but because we've seen it in people that came before us. We see it in our life when we make mistakes. We know what happens with sin. We know how dangerous it can be. It's obvious. It's a pattern. When you mess up, when I mess up, 
I feel like there's two responses when we sin. Two responses for every single one of us. One of them is we're shocked. We're shocked when we sin and the results and the consequences happen. We're like, I can't believe I got here. What was I doing? How did this happen? Or your response is, I knew that was going to happen. I don't know why I did that. I knew I shouldn't have been there. I knew I shouldn't have gone to that party. I knew I shouldn't have been dating that person. I knew I shouldn't have been alone with her. I knew I shouldn't have said that. I knew I should have been careful here. I knew I shouldn't be alone. I think the majority of us end up in this place. Here's why. Listen, because we know the pattern. We know there's a pattern. We're not surprised when sin has consequences. We're not surprised when sin leads us down the wrong place because we know the pattern. We are not surprised. We get it. We know what's happening. So instead of being conformed, instead of becoming like, being fake, being somebody that you're not, he says, here's the other side of it, be transformed. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformed means something a little bit different. It means becoming new. When you're transformed, not conformed, when you're transformed, you become not someone else, not something that you saw, not something that you want to be. You become new. You and I become new people. And the way that that happens, transformation, is in Jesus Christ. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Here's what that means. It means daily. Maybe one of your struggles in the Christian walk, if you're a Christian in the room, is that uh, you, you just tend to give up sometimes. Because it is a process. And becoming like Christ doesn't happen overnight. Like when you receive Jesus, maybe you did it here at live one night. The next day was probably just as hard as the day before. Because that's life. Because our life is still sinful and it's still hard. There's still sin around us. We're still faced with the same things. But what's happening is we're being transformed. We're being made new. And it happens daily. It says the renewing every single day. So, students, you want to be real in 2020. It's about being transformed. It's the process that all Christians go through. Being transformed. Becoming like Jesus. Being made new. Not being made like so-and-so. Being made new. By the renewing of our mind every single day. So here's some action steps for those of you who are taking notes that I would encourage you to do every single day, to think about every single day. Am I surrounded by the right people? Am I surrounded by the right people, no matter who they are, no matter if they're on my team, no matter if I have to sit with them at, in class, no matter if they're my family, am I surrounding myself? you got to really think about that with the right people who are going to pour the right things into me. And I know we can't control some of those. But do you have the right people surrounding you? Do you have people that are going to love you and care for you and point you to Christ? Monitor what's feeding your mind. Monitor what's feeding your heart and in your mind. I have to do that in my life, y'all. I have to stop watching TV shows and watching movies because I know what they're feeding me. And I can tell when they're feeding me because it comes out. Soak up the word. And I don't just say reading the Bible because you can soak up the word in places like this, places like Bible study, places like a small group. 
and when you read your Bible and in conversations with people that you've surrounded yourself with that are great influences that are going to point you to Christ. Soak up the word. The key to being real is to being transformed, is being transformed. So here's the deal. I said this at the beginning. What if we started this year? We're only 15 days in it. But 2020 is still very fresh. In fact, we started this decade because we just ended one, as you know. And we said, I'm going to be real. If you didn't realize, there's a lot of things that we can't control in our lives. I know you understand that and you get that. Especially being in high school and junior high. There's a lot of things we can't control. And in 2020, there's going to be things that you and I cannot control. But what we can control, starting right now in this room on January 15th, 2020, is this year I'm going to be real instead of being fake. I'm going to be transformed instead of conforming. I'm going to be free instead of being enslaved. By the way, when you're real, there's freedom in that. I promise you. Maybe it's a struggle and it's a battle you've been facing and you're not real about it. When you're real about it, you'll be surprised how much freedom there is. I have a really good friend who's experiencing that in his life. And it has been a blessing to me to watch that being real about what is happening to me, about what is going on in my life, the battles I'm facing, saying something, being outspoken about it, being real. There's freedom in that. The last reason um, that I want to talk about why I think being real is hard is that when you're real, you stand out. When you're real, you stand out, and you look different, and we look different. We look different than the culture. We look different than the world because, remember, when we're becoming real, when we're real, we're being transformed. We're becoming like Christ, so we're going to stand out because the goal and the purpose of our lives is to point to him. It's to make a difference for him. So you will stand out when you make a difference. And when you stand out, you're going to shine for him. So if you're going to commit tonight to be real in 2020, to be transformed and not conformed, to feel freedom in that, then be ready to point others to him because it will happen. He will shine from you and from me. And here's the really cool part about this. He will shine from you and me in a very dark and broken and hurting and sinful and lost world. And he'll shine from you in your friend groups. He'll shine from you in school. He'll shine from you maybe in your family that doesn't know Jesus. And the cool thing is that when he shines, it may take some time. It may take years. But students, remain strong. you got a decade ahead of you. Who knows where you're going to be in 10 years, 28, 27, 26, 25, 24 years old. But keep being real. Keep shining him, and it will be contagious. And people who live in this dark and broken and hurting world, they will catch on. 
and they'll realize because of what you're doing and what Christ is doing in you that they can also step into freedom and be real and it will spread. And just maybe because of the people in this room, we'll see a revival happen in 2020, in the years to come. Maybe in your family, you'll see your mom or your dad or your sister or your brother or aunt or uncle or grandparent come to know Jesus Christ. Maybe you'll see someone find freedom. We just got to be real.